Mitchie wants you. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. Before we start, I would like to state that I love sci-fi and always have done. But when I say I love sci-fi, I don't mean the laws of robotics or the kind of thing that you need a PhD in order to understand. I like your cosy and slightly silly old school sci-fi. So we're talking things like Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who... The Prisoner, I guess? Could you count that as sci-fi? Either way, the kind of thing that's nowadays described more as speculative fiction, where they're exploring concepts and what would humanity do if they were given this technology? But the trouble is, it doesn't seem to be a very popular genre in anime, and I can't for the life of me think why. Because in my adventures in anime, I've really only encountered about maybe five, and obviously I haven't really been watching them. The only one that achieves what I see as being my type of sci-fi is Cowboy Bebop. And even then, that still was very serious, especially towards the end. So... I was thinking I would like a show that deals with all of this but just isn't too heavy and doesn't make me an emotional mess at the end. But unfortunately, I just kept seeing more and more um, battle shonens or um, isekai and they're great but they can be a tad samey. So when I found out about the gene of AI, I was like, this sounds brilliant. This sounds like exactly the sort of thing I'm after. So I watched the first episode and although I wasn't 100% on board with the protagonist at that point, I thought, yeah, okay, there's enough in here to make me interested. Um, Show me more. And before long, it did become my must watch of summer 2023. I mean, okay, I would argue that the other shows that I was watching were possibly more fun but this still was very thought-provoking and I felt that the characters and the situations were interesting enough to keep me watching as well as there being a smashing framing device so okay here is um the gene of AI in a nutshell we've got our main character Hikaru he is a robot doctor or rather he's a human but he specialises in robot cases. And the reason for this is because his mum is a humanoid, because this is what they call really advanced robots that you can barely tell apart from humans. They comprise about 10% of the population. But she, unfortunately, was framed for a crime she did not commit. And since then, she's been languishing in jail. And Ruth had a bit of a beef with this because she was like, if my mum was in jail, I would do all sorts. But that's not the kind of guy that Hikaru is, because, yes, he would like to unravel the mystery of what happened to his mum. But in the meantime, he's doing a side hustle. So not too illegally as a, a doctor treating the humanoids of the area. And each episode is about a different case or two, because in one time we even have like four cases at once. And this makes it an anthology series. And some people might complain, oh, there's not um, a continuous storyline or um, we don't see these characters again. But I don't mind that because you do still have the connecting link of Hikaru, 
and his assistant, Risa, and various other characters that do pop up occasionally. And of course, there's the big enigma of the supercomputer, Michi, who, in the grand tradition of anime, um, looks like a creepy adolescent boy. So in other words, he's near again. This just seems to be the template now for some kind of unearthly child that creeps you out, whether they're a, a robot or um, some supervillain, as in the case of Shy. So th that is the other question of the series. Who is Michi? What does he want? And why does he look eerily like Hikaru himself? So will these questions be answered? Who knows? And oh, by the way, um, there's apparently two spin-offs already. So this is clearly a franchise that has the potential to run and run. And as well as that, um, a major subplot is the developing relationship between Hikaru and Risa. And I really liked this because at first I thought, oh, God, they're going to shoe shoehorn in a romance between these two. But the way it progresses, I actually didn't mind because when we find out a bit more about Risa, we realise that he originally treated her because she has quite the backstory. It's actually really sad. But either way, um, she became his assistant and their relationship has grown from there because I have to say a lot of um, human robot romances in fiction, they are slightly unsavory, especially if it's between a human man and a female robot that I don't know, she's either an assistant or a sex object. And there's just this whole nasty subtext of him seeing her as his inferior and is this a relationship of equals? But because in this world, humanoids are pretty much on par with humans there isn't much difference then he doesn't see her that way and it takes him long enough to even realize she's interested in the first place so that was good and um there's another significant character Kauro, who is a trans robot who he was originally friends with and um she now pops in and out of the story and she's the one that's trying to convince him to meet michi and I think she's a great character. I really like her. And um, I hope we see more of her if there's a second season. I mean, okay, Risa is jealous when she first appears because she's a hottie and um, <laughs> and she thought that he, she was being inappropriate with Hikaru. But once Hikaru's made it clear that they're old friends, then that's fine. So that is pushed aside but otherwise it is just looking at the different patients that they meet from day to day and their various dilemmas and all of them they just cover such a vast range of experience I mean okay some of them are definitely robot related like um, you have viruses affecting robots like it is a genuine human illness or you have um characters with attachment issues whether it's with um robot toys or whether it's with their um former robot companions in the sexual sense um there was one particular storyline that i really liked because 
being somebody that spends a lot of time on animation Twitter, it's something that I've seen time and again about um, people trying to ban violent cartoons because this particular cartoon was created by um, a humanoid. So you might think at first, oh, this is just going to be a dig at um, AI generated cartoons. But no, our um, animator is a hardworking guy who's actually working himself down into the ground. And the people that are being criticised are the humans who, rather than taking some responsibility in making sure that their kids aren't watching unsuitable cartoons, are choosing to go after him instead. So I loved that. I thought that was great social commentary. Um, there were two um, storylines about education and the use of robots in education that, again, I thought were brilliant and raised all sorts of questions, particularly the one where the teacher was a robot and he was working in this really sinister school where he was a minority as a robot and it just was made clear that they were discreetly discriminating against him because they were trying to um, almost curate the um, experience. Like they had the children being watched all the time by AI and um, having sports days where it made it look like the that parent's particular child was the winner in the events. And I was thinking, yikes, I can really see this happening. And when he chose to object and when he chose to interact with the kids like a normal, regular teacher from our time, they kept telling him that he was being inappropriate and that he wasn't being a good teacher. So I thought that was excellent and quite harrowing, really, because this is it. It that it doesn't ever really go with one notable exception because there is a killer robot, but he actually does it for slightly different reasons than your normal killer robot. And I'm not going to give you any more information. I want it to be a surprise, but my God, that mofo is creepy. But a lot of the time it is just thinking what would happen if this was a thing in our world and you can just see it stemming from human vanity or human greed and selfishness and just taking out any of the creativity because this is something I really like about this show although sometimes it does seem on the bleak side like for instance um like I mentioned in the preview of this show the situation where you had a guy who was using the image of a girl from his class to, well, you know. I mean, on one hand, you think, oh, that is just horrible. At least it presents it with a scenario where it's not 100% foul. At least she does find out and she does get out of it. Because if this was made by Charlie Brooker, for Black Mirror or some other Western show, you can just imagine how depressing and how depraved probably it would have been because it would have been like the worst case scenario. And that's what I really enjoy about this story, that on the whole, it does look at the good sides of human nature and of robots because um, there's another instance where you have a robot that's being an apprentice for a blacksmith 
And because the blacksmith is a bit of a an ornery old guy, you think, oh, he's going to be bigoted and not want to work with him. And especially since the robot turns out to be much better at his job than he is, he actually turns out to be a great guy and learning from the robot as much as it learns from him. So I thought that that, again, was a really interesting take. While if it had been in a Western show, they probably would have ended up bludgeoning the poor robot to death. And in fact, that guy asks one of the most pertinent questions in the entire series. Because I've actually forgotten what the robot's name is, but I think it's something like um, Lernakun. So he doesn't even have a real name of his own. And the old man does say, why haven't you given him a name? And nobody is able to answer that for the simple reason that they do just see him as a useful tool. Because this is what I like, that there are different grades of robots. So you do have robots like Lernakun or like the um, Perm robot, who is this little robot that works in schools or um, the gigolo robot that we meet in one of the stories. So you have your humanoids who are all bit human and then you have these other robots. And I, I just liked that hierarchy. I just found it really interesting showing how thoroughly they've been integrated into everyday life. And it just didn't seem like that different a world from ours and I know some people seem to see this as a flaw when it happens in a story they're like "Ooh, it should look so different from our world but I honestly don't get the impression that it's any farther than maybe 10 years in our future and when you consider how dramatically technology has changed even within the last 25 years then that's fine I'm okay with that because I really don't like it when you have a story that's set in uh, an advanced society and you're constantly being bashed over the head with it. It's kind of saying, now in the year 2237, we all use new knocks and we all go to... And you're like, what the fuck is this? It's like, no. Just because people have different technology from us does not mean that they're just going to throw ordinary life out of the window. They're not all going to suddenly, I don't know, start taking their food in pills or... I don't know. I just find it really exasperating and boring, especially when you have to keep stopping every now and then for an explanation as to what it is that you're actually looking at because it holds up the action. Because as you know, I am a humongous Tintin fan, but I felt that the um, Destination Moon album was probably the most tedious in the story because it kept having to be interrupted for Professor Calculus to give a really elaborate explanation of the robot and how bits and bobs of it worked. And it's like, I don't watch or read Tintin for that. I just want to get on with the story. I want sabotage and skullduggery and Tintin beating up bad guys so please just hold off with the science which luckily they did in Explorers on the Moon but never mind 
But we haven't got on to the best episode in this series by far. I mean, granted, I am biased. I mean, I as I mentioned before, I really liked the rep of Caro. I thought she was a fantastic character. And um, later on in the series, we met Reese's friend Breezy, who it was implied was in love with her. But I just thought she was just going to be a one-off character that we were never going to see again. But there is one episode that is entirely dedicated to Breezy and it is a stunner. It actually made me cry. And this is one of the times where you think, well, yeah, they may be robots, but they have emotions like people. I mean, we already know that Risa is in love with Hikaru, so we're in no doubt of this. But Breezy is in love with Risa and has only ever loved women. I mean, she says to Risa that she has only ever been attracted to straight women and therein lies her dilemma because she will never see it reciprocated. So she does actually consider going to Hikaru to have this removed. And it was just so moving and touching and I didn't expect to see it in an anime and just that it was treated so respectfully as well that you didn't have Risa laughing at her or acting in disgust or deciding not to be her friend anymore as might have been the case even a few years ago in a show. And I, I just thought that this was an outstanding episode. So I really appreciated that, that it had this representation and... um. So that I, because she had actually been introduced as a slightly silly character because you had Risa going on about her crush on Hikaru and her going, oh, we could have all these simulations of him, which at one point <laughs> nearly turned into a BL scene. But then when you realize that she was doing all this for Risa, because not only because she was her best friend, but because she loved her, then it was like, whoa, gut punch. So, as you can probably tell, I got a lot out of this series. I found it really eye-opening and um, a refreshing change from many of the anime that I've watched recently. I felt that it had fascinating characters. I really enjoyed the central concept. I can see this running for seasons and seasons. I mean, it probably is going to go more into the situation with his mum in the next season, but that's fine. As long as we return to the patients, then, then that will be okay. That will keep my interest. And I just want to find out about him and Risa too. And also, will Breezy get a girlfriend? I mean, I know that's probably not high on the list of priorities. Um, I think it looks absolutely gorgeous. The animation is splendid. I mean, I, I love the opening sequence where we see characters from throughout the series. I mean, obviously, we don't recognise them until we've seen the episode that they feature in. It, it's got um, a suitably eerie-sounding theme tune, although I really, really don't like the creepy baby. It is hyper-realistic as opposed to the more usual animation around it, although it does 
reminds us that the main way of telling a humanoid apart from a human is that they have these odd sideways pupils. So I guess that was partly there as well as to kind of say the whole all humans and humanoids are not so different, you know. And um, I, I love the outro music and animation as well. So it, it is just a top-notch anime. The writing, the music, the voice acting I, I just felt that all of it was just thoroughly convincing there were very few occasions where I was bored um, I liked all of the stories I mean even the slower ones made you think and I yeah I didn't find it dull at any point and even though it was more episodic than I normally like my anime I thought it fitted the genre of the story and in just getting the world across because I think this was the whole point of this first season for the world building so we realize what sort of world it is and how the scenario with his mum arose and this is another case where I'm trying to think of something where that I didn't like and I seriously can't and I know that makes me sound like some kind of simp I mean like you're meant to be a reviewer think of something to critique but sorry I can't <laughs> it ticked all of my boxes it gave me the antidote to all the isekai I've been watching I mean okay maybe it could have had more laughs I mean there were bits of gentle humor where you chuckled at Risa being a bit silly I mean at one point um there was a whole Valentine's Day um subplot where she was obviously showing her affection to Hikaru and he was completely oblivious so okay that was funny but I would argue that in a story like this it's not I don't know, it's not quite necessary because you, you definitely need lots of humour in, say, a thriller because otherwise you must think after a time, oh my God, I'm so fed up watching this thing. But with this, I felt that the characters were warm enough and engaging enough that we didn't need constant laughs. So, hmm, oh God, so no... Until something occurs to me much later when I'm just minding my own business, then no, I seriously could not think of anything I didn't like. Because even Hikaru being something of a cold fish, it suited his character and didn't matter in terms of his doctor persona. Oh, and I really like their assistant, by the way, how he just kind of chips in from the ceiling or when Hikaru's driving along in his car. So I thought that was a nice touch as well. I, I just really appreciated the world building and how it felt like somewhere that could conceivably exist in a couple of years' time. Because some sci-fi worlds, you look at them and you just think, there is no way that would ever come about. This is clearly somebody's paranoid dystopia or somebody's utopia, if that's what they're into with sex robots and what have you. So, yeah, I'm afraid I am definitely 100% a simp for this cartoon. And long may there be 
new episodes. I'm prepared to wait for however long it takes if it's just to find out whether these two crazy kids get together and what happens with his mum. So um, I think that's everything I've got to say about the gene of AI. So if you're into sci-fi, check it out. And even if you're not, I think it could well be an interesting viewing experience for you because it's kind of like a slice of life with robots, if that's a different way of selling it. So, so my next episode then, oh, okay, okay, no, <laughs> I forgot to do scores on the door, seeing as Ruth has now made that a thing. I would say scores on the doors for the gene of AI. I mean, even if this is just for the breezy episode, but no, let's be fair. It's for all of it. All of it is stellar. Then I would give it an eight and a half out of 10. But anyway, back to next episode um, as something of a treat for you guys, because I wasn't going to be doing this initially, but I thought, you know what, might as well. I'm going to be talking about the amazing Digital Circus, which is the indie animation that's been taking YouTube by storm. So until then, I love you guys. Bye. Disclaimer, Professor Calculus made a rocket, not a robot. We are not doing Tintin fanfic on this podcast. Although if you do want to listen to the Tintin episode, it's called Tintin Adulation. So check it out. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at TentaclesNot on Twitter and on Facebook. Our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.